Welcome to the Martial Arts Business Podcast, helping martial arts club owners grow, develop and scale their schools with marketing, retention, systems, staff, branding, social media and much more, giving you the tools and skills to become a black belt in business. Here's your host, three times world martial arts champion, award-winning school owner, successful business coach and number one best-selling author, Gordon Bircham. Today's talk is to a cool guy who I've got to know over the last 12, 18 months. And uh, you may have seen him a little bit on social media. He's on social media a fair bit now. Um, done wonderful things in his business. And I thought it'd be great to get him on here to do a, a success TV slot and talk because I think at the moment it's really important that people realise that you don't have to survive. You can thrive. You can grow. You can evolve in any way, shape or form through this pandemic and beyond so it's great um to welcome to today's success tv the awesome mr cardene how are you doing sir hey buddy how are you yeah good thanks hey amazing mate absolutely amazing as always mate really 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 super cool so yeah. it's great to have you on here mate we had a bit of a technical glitches earlier on but we're all good now so um Carl, i thought we're really going to get you on here because um you've been in martial arts a long time because actually, give everyone a little like Feedback. How long have you been doing martial arts for? How long have you been in, involved in martial arts? And how long have you been in business? Let's okay. Go. Um, so I started karate when I was like six or seven. I uh, done it for a few years. Thought it was okay, but it, it, you know, it never, it never grabbed me. Uh, so I've done a bit of boxing for a few years. Again, enjoyed it, but it wasn't really me. Bit of a long story. Um, got, but I started getting bullied at school a lot, and I wasn't doing. A little bit of boxing and cry here and there. And then I ended up just walking into uh, a dojo in Hastings. Uh, and, oh, they done, and they done um, Kung Fu and kickboxing. Nice. And they had like swords and nunchuckers in the windows and stuff. And um, the instructor, my instructor, to become my instructor, said, uh, can I help you, mate? I was like, yeah, I just like, like the look of the swords and the nunchuckers and the pictures in the wall. And he, he said to me, if you, um, if you start doing Kung Fu for six months i'll teach you how to do some weapons so i was like seems like a good deal so i went home and said to mum mum i'm starting um kung fu tomorrow <laughs> so what? Brilliant. and then um up so upstairs i was doing kung fu and then i finished the kung fu class and there's loads of people running downstairs into the basement and i was like where are they going and he was like, oh we do a kickboxing class like in, in like studio number one i was like oh, cool i'll give that a go tomorrow and i haven't left oh wow how good's that <laughs> So that was 30, 31 years this year. Amazing. So 31 years you've been doing martial arts. Yeah. That's amazing, mate. Really, really well done. So how old are you then? So I was 10 and I'm 41 this year. So Wow, amazing. Unbelievable. So um, a long a long journey in martial arts. And, yeah. And so I presume you, when did you get your black belt? When was your first black belt? So when I first started, I, I wasn't a natural at it. Um, I've got quite short limbs, uh, really short legs, so I found kicking quite a struggle to start with. But after a couple of years, I found kind of my strength and resilience in the in the competitive side got me through um, some some hard battles. So I very quickly kind of went through the the ranks within the fight team. So at fourteen, I went full contact, and and back then, kids wasn't allowed to do full contact, okay. um, but. I was um, like none of my friends would spar me. None of my slightly older teammates would spar me. So I ended up just joining the adult class at 13, 14 years old. So I then joined the adult 
and the squad class. Um, so it took me six years to get up to my black belt or brown and then into black. Um, and then I started coaching at probably the age of 14, 15, just right. taking warm ups or stretches, not taking a class, just, you know, yeah. part of my brown belt development was like cold do a warm up, cold taken for a run. Yeah. And I, I loved the, uh, I, I really loved the, um, yeah, coming in lads, like let's, mm. let's go, let's, let's, let's push. So I, I, I just felt really comfortable doing it. Amazing. Really, really good, mate. So you've um, obviously got a dojo. So yeah. uh, when did you get into the martial arts business? When did you start like running a dojo, classes, etc.? It, it's quite, although I've always wanted, like the second I walked into what was Hastings Martial Arts in the days, I always said, like, I'm going to have one of these when I'm, when I'm older. And I was only like 11, 12 years old. And I was like, I'm going to have one, I'm going to have one. Everyone thought I was mental. And um, when I got my black belt, Went for, uh, got my second dam, and my instructor at the time had another business as well. So as that business took off, I kind of got left to run quite a lot of the sessions as 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 it grew. And um, what I found was I was running the sessions more and more. I had the keys to the gym. I was taking money. It wasn't my business. wasn't involved. I just ran it. And I went on holiday for two weeks um, with Jenny at the time. And when I come back, I said to like, there's only like a group of 14 of us, not, not huge. And I said, to, right, so what'd you do last week? And they're like, well, we didn't train. I'm like, why didn't you train? And they're like, cause you wasn't it. And I'm like, I'm not your coach. I'm not your instructor. I've just got the keys and we try, we collectively train. And they're like, yeah, but you always tell us what to do, what drills to do, what rounds to do. I'm like, yeah, but that's because none of you lot do it. And they're like, exactly. So I was like, oh, okay. So I, I spoke to my instructor and he, he basically said, in all fairness, Carl, um, if you want to take it over, you can. Um, I'm too busy. It's kind of dwindled down because I'm not there and, you know, we've we've lowered the classes and stuff. So if, if you want to take over and run with it, then be my guest. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. How long ago was that? I was 18. So 1998, 22, wow. 23 years ago. Amazing. So, so that's when you started and then you go on to like your full time martial when do you go full-time as in martial arts full-time well i was i was full-time before i left so I, I worked for bt for uh 18 years so from the age of 18 um so i used to go to work finish work at five and then go straight to the gym and i've done that for a very long time so i had a full-time facility but i just hadn't turned invert commas pro yeah um you know and I've moved gyms like seven or eight times now due to landlords and buildings and stuff. Yeah. And um, we did set up a facility like 10, 11 years ago. We spent 25 grand on it. And then basically the council just took the building away from me. Wow. Um, and I, and I, I lost everything. Um, so I had to restart again. And doing that again and building it up again then made me realise. We're talking about adversity challenge there, Carl. So losing your, you know, £25,000 into a martial arts facility and then the, the council basically take it away from you. That must have hurt. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was pain like I've never felt in respects to, you know, I'd had a dream for my whole life. Yeah. I finally found the bollocks to take yeah. the step and a, the, yeah. the gym that we were renting space out of the time were like, Cole, you're growing. You need to grow. You need to get your own facility. So I borrowed some money, 
you know, we spent three months, we, we had a completely empty unit, completely turned it around. Um, and six months into it, the council said, no, sorry, you can't have planning. You can't have the building. You got um, a month to leave. And that is, that is harsh, man. So, oh, so you, you 25 going into a unit, the council go, no, you've lost it all. Yeah. Like, what happened then? Um, well, we ended up moving back to an original hall that we used about 10 years previous, which was a, a, a massive school hall um, at our, one of our local schools. Um, so no full-time facility, just hiring again, yeah. Yeah, and we were paying £23 an hour rent. Um, we, we had to try and somehow facilitate like 15 classes a week in between, you know, badminton and squash and rugby and everything else that's been used for. Um, and again, we just had to go back to working, not that we wasn't working hard anyway, but working really hard and paying through the nose. And the really hard thing was one of, obviously we had all our own 40 mil mats and there was, we had to store the mats in a unit. Oh God, I remember this. Um, they had like a storage unit on the back of the lock of the hall. So every single class, we had to come rain or shine. We had to go into the locker, get the mats out of the locker and then put them in the hall, lay them all down. And then at the end of class, rip them all up. put them yeah. back in. And we, we'd done that for years. And that, you know, it could be thunder and lightning. It could be snowing. And we had to trudge through the back of this hall with the mats. And mm. some days I'll be late home from work. And I'll be like, really sorry, guys. I've just got to get the mats out. It, it was, mm. in my head, it was so unprofessional. Uh, it killed me, but it was that or give up. So, so you did that for about four years. So uh, anyone listening to this, listen to the, the strength here. You put £25,000 in, probably all that you got. You've loaned it. You've put it all your heart and soul into it. You put it into a facility. Yeah. And then the council just whip it away from you because of planning laws and all that kind of stuff. Bang. He's lost his twenty five grand. lost his dream, has to go back and create his martial arts school again. Well, just have his martial arts school, but from a back to rental. So basically going backwards again. Yeah. Uh, oh. Not easy. And, you know, many would have given up then, but you didn't. You carried on through that four years or so. Then take us back to then what happened next. Okay, so... The, an opportunity come along to have a so a friend of mine owned a weights gym and at the back he had a small little uh, cardio room and he was struggling with cardio and he asked me if I wanted to come and teach kickboxing in his weights gym and I said to him the only way that's going to happen is if I have it full time so I'm not going to be doing mats again um, I said instead of renting it for two hours a night I want it lock stock but I'll pay for it. Um, so we come to an agreement and he said yes, which was cool. Um, and then a year later, he sold up to someone else and they took over the business, which was fine. And, and we continued. And then, so I was renting the back of, so it's a, it's a massive unit. It's about a hundred thousand square foot. It's huge. Wow. It, on, it's, it is massive. It's about 15 businesses within this one building. Um, and then, the landlord that owns the whole building said to me, next door are moving out. Do you want to knock the wall down and take on next door? And I was like, oh, I was doubling my rent. Yeah. I'm not sure. And I was like, just, we'll give it, we'll give you two months free rent. Um, but we, you know, we, we've seen how busy you are. So we think you can do it. So I said, yes, let's do it. And then a year later, they went, next door's moved out there's another thousand square foot and you can now have your own entrance because we were still using the weight trainers entrance. Yeah. Um, do you want next door? And again, I was like, Oh, it's doubling my rent again. 
it's doubling my size this time. Um, oh, I don't know. And I sat on it and um, I'm, I'm very like, ah, fuck it, let's try it. So <laughs> I eventually just went, yeah, coming in. Um, and then we just grew and grew and grew from there at that building. Yeah. And then we were there nearly seven years. Yeah. Um, again, thankfully, thankfully, we have been growing. And then we went into lockdown last year. And my landlord from the gym side, he doubled my rent. And he basically said, Carl, we need to talk about your rent. I'm like, okay, cool. We haven't changed it in a couple of years. That's fine. Uh, he said, I'll come and see you tomorrow and we'll talk about it. So he, he came in the next day and he went, there you go. Gave me a letter. And he basically doubled my rent. I mean. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> like, but that that was kind of the nail in the coffin to go, right, I've got to start looking seriously to move. No matter what. Because for months I was like, what if he does it again? What, yep. if he does, what if he says to me, Carl, you've got a month's notice. See, like, mm. I'd be screwed. Uh, really scary. Like, I, sleepless nights. I mean, I don't sleep oh, yeah. much anyway, but, I've, you know, anxiety was really high. Um, and kind of bounced forward another six months. The landlord of the other part of the building, I basically had a bit of a breakdown in her office and said, actually, oh, I'm going to get kicked out. And she said, well, I've got a few buildings that are going to be empty soon. Do you want to come and have a look at them? So I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and here we are. <laughs> wow. And so you've been, so through the pandemic, you've moved into your dream location. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really, you know, since I was 10 years old, I've always had this dream of like driving up a driveway and hastings kickboxing like that. Like yeah. that has been the vision. And obviously you've seen the, the stickers we've got in the window. Like you drive down the road now and we've got like a 30 meter sign. <laughs> it's amazing so I, 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 it's an amazing story by the way really good now, anyone who's listening to this like what an amazing story this is so you've been uh, uh, Carl's part of our mastermind program and he's been absolutely amazing and I thought I'd get him on to tell his story but also like to sort of talk about you know maybe the support and stuff that he's had through what we do etc and how that may have helped him so um, number one mate congratulations on your facility i mean it's absolutely amazing and more importantly you've done this in a pandemic you've yep. done it in the hardest time we're ever going to have like the hardest time and you've got a new facility that you've been mapped out got all like it looks absolutely phenomenal thank you man. so absolutely brilliant man it, it's really proud of you and really just amazing to see so let's have a little bit talk about like support and help and stuff like that because no doubt you were successful anybody anyway you, why did you join mastermind i'm really interested why did you join it join mastermind because you bullied me <laughs> yeah i got him in the head like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, why did you join Mastermind? So I know you've been thinking about that for a while, haven't you? You, you yeah. have been thinking about it. Well, I actually met you properly. Obviously, I, I knew who you were, and I, I've come across you on Facebook and bits and pieces. Um, but we actually met properly at uh, Expert Empires. Okay, yes. And um, you invited me along to um, uh, like a Mastermind sit-down with um, Nick. Yeah. And that was when you grilled me about my timescales, um, like, because we, we used to start classes at half five and he was like well why and i'm like well because that's what time we start and he's like but why and i'm like because i used to finish bt at five and you'd be like well when did you finish bt i was like four years ago so you're like so when are you going to change and i was like all right calm down and um i went home and obviously that kind of sat in my brain a lot so i, I sat down with the wife and my head coach jenny and a few others and i went changing the timetable and they're like why and i'm like because gordon said so <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I met resistance. I met a lot of resistance. 
Um, but for the first time, like the team around me are quite conservative. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I want to go and get that. And they're like, oh, think about it. I'm like, I've been thinking about it 30 years. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to think about it. And they're like, yeah, but what if? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I could die tomorrow. And they're like, that's a bit dramatic, Carl. <laughs> um, so I think the biggest thing was having you being quite direct and quite, you know, brutally honest. Yeah. And also having people pull me up. Yeah. Rather than kind of cuddle me or maybe, I wouldn't say they pulled me down, but they were really looking after my interests probably a bit too much. Yeah. Um, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, but, and I'm, I just think, well, it ain't your money, your time, or your sleepless nights, yeah. or your bank balance. You just turn up and work. It's all on my shoulders. So if it, if it fucks up, it's on me. Yeah. Um, and in all fairness, over the last couple of years, that kind of, that's kind of happened more and more. So when we looked at this building, people were going, oh, it's a bit big, Carl. And yeah. are you sure? And, you know, you're happy where you are. And there's nothing wrong with your gym. And don't get me wrong. Our, our, our gym was, our, the gym we had was beautiful. Um, it didn't feel like home, but we made the best of a bad situation. Um, but now we've moved here, we was like, yeah, this is it. I mean, we haven't even opened. Yeah. Um, and I'm just in my reception now. Um, so we've got cinema. <laughs> um, and we've got, we've got the spud box, takeaway food. We've got some sofas. And then we've got, like, the, the reception and that shop over there. But, I mean, this this feels right. Yeah. This yeah, feels right. right. So, so yeah, you you then join Mastermind. I know, I know you joined Mastermind. And you got you jumped on the program, and what you've done is you've really absorbed what we've said. Like, of course, you've got things in place. You're already successful, but what you've done is you've run with it, haven't you? And you've taken advice, and you've taken the accountability, and you've gone away. And done. what's been there like the the big shift for you? Do you think over the last? I think it's nearly twelve months, isn't it, mate? Like you've been part of the program. Yeah. yeah. So the Mastermind I started in June. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nearly 12 months. Excuse me. The, the biggest thing for me is having people on my level or playing the game above me. And I remember the first couple of the couple that I'd done, I thought that's a brilliant idea. That's a brilliant idea. But the other good thing was I was going, I do that already, but I could tweak it. Yeah. I've got that but I could make it better. Yeah. And even to the point I'm going, well, I do that. And actually I think my version's better mm. than that version. Sure. And yeah. no one ever tells you that. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, and the people that care about you will turn around and go, you're doing a great job. You know, you, yeah, can, yeah. Have, you can have dog shit in your face and they'll go, yeah, you're yeah. great. You're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And then you've got the other people that just pull you down that think you're, you know, you're doing wrong or whatever reason. Mm. So it was just having that level playing field of people above me pulling me up and understanding, like, sometimes you need someone to say, you're doing all right. Yeah. What you're doing is right. Continue it rather than just mm. in your own head. Yeah. I mean, for me, sanity, because um, I belong to quite a few groups and some again you, you've seen this you've got like the left wing and the right wing haven't you? yeah <laughs> and you're just like oh my god what are they talking about Ooh, yeah this is so depressing um yeah. and the one thing about your groups is they are always positive and they're yeah. always high energy 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Brilliant. And 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 you've had you've had a big you know input into Mastermind as well. Of course, you know it's a two way thing, isn't it? You give and you get, and that's what's really important. I know that you've you you really grew through Mastermind as well, haven't you? Like when you think about a pandemic, you know, and and at times like when you talk about growth, and of course it's hard to you know we're in a pandemic right now, but. I know you'd grown quite a bit in numbers as well, hadn't you? Where, you know, I think we went, when is that a lockdown and things like that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that because I think that's really important. So uh, one of the things when I joined Mastermind was I, I never uh, – you always said to me, what's your numbers? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. We've got 150 members. You're about, about how many? I'm like, I don't know, 150. Um, and I never looked at the numbers weekly, monthly. It never really bothered me too much. I turned up. We had a wicked training session. Members <laughs> loved it. And we went home. And that, I mean, we've done that 20 years. Yeah, man. So start, again, I kind of come home like, right, I need to know my numbers a bit better and I need to know the figures. And when we first started doing that, I'm, I must admit, it actually not depressed me. <laughs> I found it hard because, yeah. like, right, we've got 141 members. Right, I want 150 by the end of the month. And then it was like 145. And I'm like, yeah. oh. so target in and all that kind of stuff. Um and then we started to understand how it worked and kind of development of growth and stuff, which is really good and really interesting. And then one of the biggest things, I took Jenny on full-time because she was part-time for many, many, many years. So again, you kind of pushed me down the road a little bit to make that step, which we've done. Um, and I was always scared to let her know the numbers because they were my numbers, no one else is. So I kind of had to let go. And I was showing her the system and how it works and nutrition and uh, nutrition, attrition and all that kind of stuff. And then because um, she started to understand the numbers, she actually started pushing. She's got, well, I want 160. I want 170. So having someone else kind of understand and push with me was one of the biggest changes. So that was at the beginning of the year. So we went from 141 and we've never broke 150 ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's people on on your courses that have got five, six hundred, thousand, yep. and yep. some people have got twenty. Um, we've never broke that one fifty, and then in up until the end of February, beginning of March, we hit one hundred and eighty one, which was the, the most we've ever had. Yeah, it's yeah. like come on, two hundred oh. by two hundred by Easter, and then something about COVID come along. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Sure. Um, so we. In two months, we went from 181 to 71. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. oh, Christ. Like, it was big. So, so bearing in mind, we'd lost, you know, 100 members. Mm. And that's when I took the decision to start moving gym as well, which was kind mm. of an insane idea if you think about numbers and growth. Yeah. Um, Although we hadn't moved at that point, when we opened back up in July, and then we were the only martial arts facility, we were the only gym to open up, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, HKO is opening! What are you doing?" And you know, we had all the stuff in place and social distancing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and in six weeks, we grew from seventy-one to a hundred, uh, two hundred and thirty. Like <laughs> I've I've never known figures and growth like it in my life. Amazing. And I don't know if it's because we opened up before anyone else did. I don't know if it's because it was our social media presence. I don't know if it's the mastermind. I don't know if it was Jenny. I think ten percent 
10 percent 10 percent 10 percent and then we actually grew our we tucked uh 281 was our highest number so from 71 to 281 in three months amazing that um, is I, I mean it even saying it now i'm like really but are you sure so and obviously now we've gone into another lockdown um but i, I definitely think it's a culmination of everything you know many many things it wasn't one factor never is. Uh, as you said i've understood how to use social media better I've got a VA now, a virtual assistant. So he he smashes some of our artwork, um, which costs money. But then we get phenomenal artwork, which takes 10 minutes rather than me taking three hours and it looking rubbish anyway. <laughs> um, it, it's, a, it's, um, it's amazing, Carl. And anyone listening to this who heard the story, watched this video back, it shows resilience, mate. Like this, you know, going from £25,000 putting into a building, then you just literally get taken away. You go into a facility, you have to go back for four years and go from halls. You get, find a facility, you have to go through all of them, you know, negativity, don't you? Fears, all anxiety stuff. Everyone goes through that, right? But it's amazing to see. Then the fucking, then you, then you, then COVID hits, then you appear and you're down there. Then you're back up again, you know? What's the biggest learning that you've had in this time over the last few years? What's the biggest learning that you've had? Tell you what, what's been the biggest learning in the last 12 months? That'd be a good one. Oh, God. Surround yourself with um, positive, like-minded people. Yeah. Like, 100%. You know, that's... So, you know, when you join, whether it be kickboxing, karate, judo, yeah. it doesn't matter what you join, rugby, football... Like, you are surrounded by 10, 20, 50 people that want to do the same thing. Yeah. It, you know, might be punched in the face, but it's, you know, that's why you go to a kickboxing class because yeah. there's other people doing kickboxing. And I've, I've never, I still don't now, if I'm really honest, I don't view it as a business. It is a business, but I don't, I'm not like my kickboxing business. It's my passion. Yeah. It's my dream. I love it. And if it earns money at the end of the day, then that's great. But I've learned by being around people that understand it as a business, help you streamline it, help you become better. Because at the end of the day, if you've got 100 people giving you £50 a month, it's a business. You've got to pay tax on it. Of course. Of course. So being around people that pull you up, being mm -hmm. around like-minded people that have done it before um, has definitely helped. Not just financially, but I probably would have had a full-on meltdown in lockdown yeah. if it wasn't for being around people like yourself and Richard Canton and other people like that that are going yeah that happens to me mate don't worry about it yeah <laughs> like yeah yeah it's because it's, otherwise I'd be at home in my own little yeah. brain having a meltdown and mm. I'd have no one to talk to about my wife and bless her she does a, an amazing job at looking after me but she'd be like well no I'm not a kickboxing instructor I'm yeah. not a business owner don't yeah. know what to do yeah um i totally get that man and, and and there are many people that have literally gone in their shell like uh, like martial school owners across the land they're in their own what in their own bubble they're not really like like connect i, I feel from i really do feel from massively you know p having a support network is massively important it's huge it's like it is so big and it's so important isn't it but um yeah it's great and I think um, what you've done is bit brilliant. And I didn't know the story in that depth. 
Chelsea. Yeah, no, we've, we've never really spoken. Obviously, I've, I've given you kind of little bits when you yeah. passed, but we've never yeah, gone quite... deep. And that, that's that's still a bit of a broad overview as well. So yeah, it's a great it's a great story, mate. It's a really good story. And anyone listening to that, I hope you've taken some inspiration for that. I'm sure you will have done. Like it doesn't matter what happens to you, it's what you do with what happens. And you're definitely so what's what are you looking forward to over the next sort of twelve months? <laughs> Opening the bloody yeah. door. <laughs> don't, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, because people like people say to me once in a blue moon, they say it. Because obviously we're always com- we're always positive and happy and smiley on camera and yeah. you know we're like come on guys let's pick yourself up and every so like someone asked me today like hey like how you doing are you okay and I'm like if I think about what's going on if I think if I analyse the world shut so many people are dying we've spent I don't even want to think about how much I've spent here uh, and we can't like. We can't even open, you know. I feel like I've got a Ferrari on the driveway. And yeah. We're out of fuel. <laughs> yeah. Like, so if I think about it, it does start to eat. So looking forward for for the future is, you know, I'm just looking forward to opening the doors, getting our members back in, serving our our current climate and our you know our family, and then letting new people come in and just sharing this fucking awesome building that we've just built. <laughs> It's great, man. You and, and the light is at the end of the tunnel. Anyone listening to this right now, the light is definitely at the end of the tunnel. I'm fucking excited. Like, you know, I think we're all clear. We're getting clearer now. You know, lockdown will be ended at some point, you know, in 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 this decade. No, in, in this, <laughs> in this, it is going to end. It is going to end. There's two, you know, it is going to end and we're going to probably never go back into a huge lockdown again and we should be great. And I think there'll be more soon. If we can get through, getting through this last year has been unbelievable. And for anyone that take, you know, whatever happens to you, you can always bounce back. And I think that's what I've taken from that story of yours, mate. It's a massive well done for that. Congratulations on going from where you were to where you are now. You know, even back when you lost, you know, you lost the whole building. And so it's just phenomenal. And then to turn it from 70 odd, 70 odd members to 280, uh, assuming you're out of lockdown is insane. So massive congratulations for that. And looking forward to seeing you keep, keep growing, mate, because you've got a lot to offer the industry. So hopefully, hopefully, um, yeah, and um, um, some people say to me like, well, "You're always okay." I I have wobbles and I have moments, and you know that self doubt comes in and that anxiety does build up. I do suffer from anxiety from time to time, sure. and I do get it. I do get it. And you know that if there are people watching this, going, "Well, it's all right for it," like you know, I, I do suffer with it, and I just have to remind myself. And this is what's keeping me sane as well. Is last time we come out of lockdown, we smashed it. So, in theory, when we come out of this lockdown, we're in theory, we're we're only going to do better than we did before. Hundred percent, hundred percent, mate. What a great way to end the uh, and and the the chair goes. So, uh, thanks, mate. Really good interview. Great to hear your backstory, guys. If you're watching this on uh, uh, later, whatever, get back to the beginning of this because it'll give you some inspiration about how to. You know, what? like people look at people who are successful or whatever. There's always challenges. Go and listen to the stories. Great story by Carl. Great to have you on the pod, on the uh, live video podcast, mate. Really, really good. Thanks for well, sharing thanks your for story. Me, mate. Sorry about the bit at the beginning. <laughs> hey, listen, it's just Chase's part of life, isn't it? But, um, yeah, really great, mate. And uh, really looking forward to seeing where you go in the next 12 months. It's going to be an insane ride. So take care. Thanks for listening, guys. See you soon. Cheers, guys. See you later. 
Thanks for listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast. You can follow Gordon personally on Facebook at Black Belt in Business. Also, join our free Facebook group, Martial Arts Business Mastery Community, for some great advice, tips, and support on building your martial arts empire. Keep learning, developing, and growing, and you will become a Black Belt in Business.